This is the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. Acta non verba. All right, welcome back to another episode of BR Podcast. Uh, take a couple weeks off, getting back into the swing of things. Got a bunch of stuff coming out for December for us, and we're hitting it off with um, a Q&A with a couple of the barbarians that helped me out on BR and other uh, avenues. Today, I got Jimmy G and CJ with me. Welcome, guys. What's going Glad on, to be man? Here. So... We're going to have some fun, get some laughs going, get some entertainment and see where some of this takes us. We got some fun questions to start off with and then a, a nice deep thought one that we'll dig into toward the end. So we'll, we'll just get into this and see where this leads. <laughs> this should be fun. Today, what What's our first question? All right. The first one we got here is, would you rather eat cereal with a fork or a steak with a spoon. Are we going to de- determine what kind of cereal? I was going to say, is the steak well done? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I mean, you got to look at. I mean, if it's like cornflakes or something, I mean, you, you eat cornflakes. No, I don't eat cornflakes. I, I don't even eat who the fuck eats cornflakes. Corn <laughs> but you can do that with a fork. So. But if it's like Cheerios, I mean, I, I guess if you're going to spear it, I think I would go with... I'm uh, like, when they get soggy, it's going to be almost impossible to stab them. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with the spoon, uh, eat the steak with the spoon. If it's well done? Even if it's well done, I think... Uh, you're never you going to cut it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's why I have fingers full. Jimmy? Yeah, I think I'd go with the steak. Part of me wants to say it depends on, do I need carbs more or do I need... Steak Aww. protein more as <laughs> a cop out answer, but I'd I'll, I'll take the steak. Oh well, that that'd be a good thing if you're trying to cut back on you know if you're on a cut right. If if you're trying to reduce your carbs, what are we eating? It, we should just do uh, eating cereal with chopsticks. <laughs> Plus, you'd be expending calories just to eat either. You know, which one burns more calories? You're just going to get pissed off the whole fucking time anyways. <laughs> Slow your eating habits down. Although with like Cheerios and a chopstick, at least then you can thread that needle, <laughs> right? And get like, you know, 10 or 12 and then just drop them in your mouth. So that's not a bad idea. Really but go. that wasn't one of the options. So No. No. All right. So you go with the spoon, Jimmy? Yeah, I'll go with the spoon. I'll go with a very sharp spoon. I, I hate cereal, so I gotta go with the steak. Okay. Even when I was a kid, I hated cereal. What are you communist? That's I must be. Yeah. I'm, I know I'm a true American, man. All I want is steak. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. All right. I I like this one. This one. This one I might have to go against what Nathan thinks. Uh, would you rather fight Prime Mike Tyson for one round or Prime Conor McGregor for three? Oh, he's thinking. I'm going to go with my answer first, and I'm going to go with Mike Tyson because I'm going to get hit once. I'm not going to feel a damn thing because I'm going to be out cold. <laughs> I was I was actually thinking that same thing. It's like <laughs> against Mike Tyson in his prime. But, to, I mean, Mike Tyson was a 
was a fantastic fighter, but then after a while it was, it was kind of just that the image of that, right? Like he was so dominating that that image was in your head before you even stepped in the ring. And so you're already defeated before you even fight. Yeah. Yeah. So like, (laughs) uh, so uh, yeah, to me, well, you also have to think here one's boxing one's MMA. Yeah. So like, you so, get kicked in the leg like seven times by Connor for three. Yeah. Rounds. You know what I'm saying? Like, See, I've been thinking on you. this one. I, 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 don't I may think, have to I don't go think with Tyson. Tyson would, I don't think Tyson would toy. Like, that's that he's the killer. Yeah. Connor might toy with you because he likes to, you know, he likes to do that kind of shit, talk his shit the whole time, maybe hit you a couple times, fake you out. I think Tyson's just going to hit you once. Or he's going to, yeah. Even if you dance around, eventually he'll catch up to you and put you down. <laughs> you can only run so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you can run longer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I'd go with Mike Tyson too. That's yeah, that, that's a good question, though. I mean, for the boxing aspect, I'll go with Tyson. The kicks are uh, if 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 we kept Connor just to boxing type rules. I would go Connor, but you start throwing in everything else, and yeah, I'm going to go boxing. Okay. Well, that was easier. Not, well, that was going to be. Yeah, Although, just. It, but but it's just the type of fighting, you know, between kicks, chokes. I was going to say because he could throw you in like a arm lock or something, and you know, just pop your shoulder out of place. But you right. feel every single pit of that. You get knocked out. You don't feel that. Until you wake up, <laughs> you got three days of fucking <laughs> your bell. Yeah, your bell being rung. Wake but the, up I, you know that brings up a hospital. good point too. Is it? You know, I mean, I know you're uh, taller in stature than I am, Nate. So, I mean, from a grappling, like if it ends up on the floor, certainly you're a big guy, got mass, but over me. But I don't know. I could wrestle, so. Exactly. See, there's between the kicks, wrestling, and everything. Yeah. Now, if it was one round each, see, you're putting too many ifs in there. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, stick yeah. with it. So, yep. yeah, at the I'm end of the with... day, I'd go All to right, boxing. Let's just switch round. It to one round. If you yeah, switched it to one round, I'd probably go. go I think I could last a round with Connor, and it would still be very abusive, but I think I could last the one. I think I could protect myself long enough. To last, or walk day. out on your own feet. I should say. I don't know about hey. walk out. It, it could very well crawl. <laughs> <laughs> Take a bunch of kicks to the legs. I might be crawling out of there. I ain't gonna lie. But well, I, think I mean, I could... I'm not knocked out, but my legs sure doesn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you go in with Tyson as an average person. You're not coming out of there without getting knocked out, unless you just run. Yeah. I mean, even if you ran, like you ever seen like his defense, like how fast that dude is. Even well, now, shit. Yeah, he can close the gap. Yeah. Well, oh, he was no. quick, man. <laughs> Watch any of his training videos. Like, it is fucking scary. Yeah, but but think, you know, do you, if a bear or a lion or something is chasing you, don't you think you'll run faster than normal? You might run faster than normal, but not fast enough. <laughs> well, that's how I'm running <laughs> long enough. He starts chasing me. I'm going to be able to run faster. So. <laughs> But that's interesting too. Like, you know, how many, I know, I remember back in the day and and maybe even now where people would talk about whoever Tyson was fighting 
and it's like oh i i you know step in the ring with mike for you know million one round to make however many millions that other person's gonna make because of you know all of that stuff but it's like how many people have said that or think that even about connor and it's like oh i can step in the ring with those guys and you know i could take a punch for a round or two and to make millions of dollars but how many of those people have never taken a punch in their entire life or never got oh, kicked in the stomach or you know and so these it's are the like, same people that like watch football and say that people are trash and you know they're couch yeah. quarterbacks and they couldn't fucking run you know 50 yards without almost dying couldn't run a four minute 40 <laughs> Well, but, but, you know, we're being realistic because at no point did any of us say we have any chance of winning. Right. And, and we're going to get knocked surviving. out. Yeah, we're surviving. <laughs> I th- and, and, and when I say I think, I'm saying it's more like a 50-50 chance that I make it the round. I, I, yeah. I think I have a better chance. I don't even know if 50-50 is right. I think I have a higher percentage chance of making it with Connor than I do with Tyson. By let's say if I had one percent chance of making it, where with Tyson going to boxing, I have zero. Well, how much does Connor weigh too? Because I'm pretty sure Mike Tyson's almost got fifty pounds on the dude. Right. So I mean, I, he's a two hundred pound five eleven guy. Like that's that's a yeah. brick well, shit. He was always heavyweight, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Where but he's Connor's not very like tall. 140 something. Is he even that much? Here, let me. We'll have Tyson. to look this up. That's what Google. Although, <laughs> what you'd have, Nate, you'd have reach. All that reach is going to do is keep him off me a little bit longer. He's going to come inside of it so fast that I'm not even sure yeah, that yeah. that's. Um, that's fair. Holy but, shit. He was 240 pounds. Mike Tyson, he's 5'10", well, and at his okay. prime, he was 240. Okay, Connor's heavier than I thought. He's at 170 pounds, 77 oh, kg. Yeah. I thought he was smaller than that, and he's 5'9". Oh, uh, so he's like uh, me and Jimmy's size almost. Yeah. So, yeah. and he's yeah. got a 74-inch reach. <laughs> that That's nothing to, uh, you know. That's pretty, that's pretty good, long. considering. Yep. Yeah. So... Yeah. At the end of the day, a smart man would not get in the ring with either one of them. That's a true statement. <laughs> They're trained killers. and I mean, how yeah, long has Connor okay. been fighting? Well, let's go with average. The average smart man would not get in the ring with any, either <laughs> one of them. The guys that train for it, yeah, that's a whole nother. They're a little psychotic. You got to be a little bit psychotic to do any kind of fighting because, you know, you can't have any fear. If you have a little bit of fear, you're going to lose every fucking fight. Yeah, exactly. So Damn. true. We're going to have so many here. things. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So many things. All right. We good on that one? I think so. All right. What would be your perfect protein shake flavor? I, I've already found that. So I'm happy. Jimmy G, what are you thinking? <laughs> the first thing that popped into my mind was bacon cheeseburger, but. <laughs> It tastes just like a bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> that's is that's like a literally. Certain, is there a certain bacon cheeseburger? <laughs> no, I don't know that there's a certain one that a uh, certain at a certain place that popped in my head. But that's 
that's what uh so are we okay let, let's define this a little more are you talking more of a pub bacon and cheese or like a wendy's Ooh, like or mcdonald's wendy's, bacon and cheese like a wendy's pub burger no it, yeah it'd be more of a uh you know wagyu beef and <laughs> <laughs> yeah organic applewood smoked bacon thick cut of course you can taste yeah. every little bit of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, uh, only protein, protein powder no, that has no carbs that has fat <laughs> juice rolling out of it when you go to pour it out. <laughs> hmm, Do that could be the next million dollar idea. Bacon protein. You know how nasty that would be. <laughs> I mean, they got beef I mean, protein to drink it. <laughs> that Ugh. would be. Just put your bacon in a blender and tell me how that tastes. <laughs> <laughs> would it really be that bad, though? <laughs> no, that it, that would fuck with you. <laughs> but it's, you know, they have all those, like, birthday cake flavored bangs. and Those like, things are fire. See? <laughs> I would, whenever I opened that and I took a drink of that, like, in my head, I'm like, there's no way it tastes like birthday cake. I took one drink, I'm like, it tastes like birthday cake. What the fuck? And it, and so they if they can come up with that stuff, it's like why don't they have pepperoni pizza, protein, Casey's pepperoni? Ooh, there we go, pizza. Uh, Casey's. Oh. If they had that, actually, we might be mine. <laughs> but uh, so that's my crazy wacky idea. I'll I'll come up with a, I don't know, a strawberry cheesecake or something like that would be. A fantastic thing. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Somebody's got to have it. Sounds like something they got. Because it's all. But, you think they they got all like desserts, but when you hear some of this actual real food, it doesn't sound like a protein shake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Things that actually have protein is not a protein shake, except peanut butter. But you know, peanut butter really doesn't have that much protein compared to everything else. No, it's just flavor. See, I'm boring. My mine is Reese's, which is just chocolate peanut butter. And they have that, so I'm <laughs> I I'm at, I'm at a win. That's my perfect protein. I like it. It's good. I'm I'm happy. Off the wall, yeah. The, there's no maybe apple pie or something. They already got those. I already had that one. Exactly. See, so it's like I, I, a nice bourbon flavored protein. Oh no. Okay. There we go. Yes, that that would be and burns like whiskey that. on the way down. <laughs> I thought there was a whiskey flavored protein. I, th- I had a pre-workout that was whiskey cola. It did not taste like whiskey cola. It tasted no. like black Coca-Cola. <laughs> what a ringing endorsement. It lo- <laughs> the fucking thing looked like Jack. Yeah, I yeah. thought I sent you guys a picture of that. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. right. Yes. That was awesome. You did. <clears throat> the labeling was that's genius, but it did the packaging is amazing. So what would be yours, CJ? Oh, Casey's pepperoni pizza. Oh, was, was that your pick or not until oh, he yeah, said well, it? I, not until he said it. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me With a extra pepperoni. Do, they... <laughs> Do I get to dip it in buffalo sauce, too? Ooh, <laughs> Ooh if they had a protein shake that was uh, like hot wings. Oh, I mean, if it actually, t- Wait, you think yeah, if it really out- had that flavor, like it really tasted like, yeah, hot wings. Yeah, like I said, like they only have uh, 
it seems like uh you know like sugary things like things that wouldn't be good for you as protein shakes but it's not like an actual meal which i think you know we we talk about eating real food all the time and here we are talking about how to make our real foods that we like into protein shakes to just drink them that seems backwards hey did do they make an impossible burger protein shake Mm. (laughs) would you want to no. Yeah. Possible Whopper. No, if they had like a Big Mac, <laughs> you can taste the sesame seed bun in it. Oh yeah, we're really going with the Jetsons now. That would be awesome. Video calls is one thing. Now we're moving into a whole other. But yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not all that stuff oh. that you know is just absolutely terrible for you? Come up with a line of all of, of you know those almost sound like mass gainers more though than just a protein shake. Okay, but my protein shake right now is Chips Ahoy, and that sounds like it's good for me. <laughs> Wait, it's not. <laughs> it's just to have a couple cookies, two there's actually protein, there's, there's and a muscle of- nap, and you're good. It's all gains time, baby. <laughs> all right. All right. What's the best uh, Thanksgiving dish? Oh, shit. I'm going to have to desserts. say. Yeah. We're going to not, not desserts because that, that wins out there. Mine's like the first cheesy. plate you're getting. Yeah. Cheesy potatoes. Cheesy potatoes. That's my that's for my favorite. And then for what kind of cheesy potatoes? Because I've I've seen a bunch of different kinds. This year we had like uh it was like chunks of potato and cheese, and then they had the actual cornflakes up on top. No, no. I, I just I just want a whole bunch of cheese laid on top of white potatoes cooked up. Maybe yeah, if scalloped potatoes are around, I'm in. Yeah. Normally though, it's uh stuffing. And it's nothing special. It is for the good or parents, the bad. Stuffing's fucking nasty. For my parents, whatever they make for the stuffing is fantastic. Now, is it, it stuffing or dressing? Oh shit! It's stuffing. Okay. The only reason I bring this up, and if it's in the bird. No, if my brother uh, brother listens to this, he's gonna laugh. This is totally from him. He was giving the little people, the little kids, a hard time between dressing and stuffing. Dressing is you just make it and it's sitting there. Stuffing, it has to be in the turkey because then it becomes stuffing. In all reality, it's the same thing. Yes. It's called dressing? It's, yeah. Like ranch dressing? No. That's why I think when you say dressing. I think That's like how ranch. we think about it. That's average. He's a little off the wall, but, but he is right. It's just dressing. Now, see, I have two things on my worst list. Stuffing slash dressing is one, and beets is the other. Neither one of them. Can't stand them. Both Ugh. gross. Those are yeah. I have yet to have any stuffing that I have ever. I feel like, I feel like it's regurgitated food. <laughs> that cranberry sauce is fucking nasty. I don't know if yeah. people eat that. Yeah, My mom used to love it, and I just look at him like, just looking at it, it looks like you know, like old uh, fat that's just rendered and it's just jiggly. Like, <laughs> oh, that's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I. I don't mind the. The. I like the stuffing for whatever reason. It's just, and I think that's changed over time. I mean, if you would have asked me 
a number of years ago, especially when I was a lot younger, high school, um, even it's like it'd be like mashed potatoes and gravy. Uh, it's like or scallop potatoes. Like sometimes it's either it depends on the year, but yeah, that's I I that'd be the first thing I'd go to and screw the stuffing part. But over the years, it's been something that I'm I've become a fan of. I think. Now, for me, though, the other part of this is, and this is where I would differ f- probably from you guys. So I, uh, I have, I'm part Philippine. So every Thanksgiving, there's traditional Thanksgiving stuff. So turkey and stuffing, mashed potatoes and gravy, green bean casserole, et cetera. Oh, it's, that's a good one. Sweet, sweet potatoes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's... <clears throat> all kinds of and then even traditional desserts there's pies there's you name it whatever but then the other part of the table is all philippine stuff so there's mm. pancit there's lumpia there's shopao there's some desserty type stuff and samada and you name it so it's so do you so do for a me fast the day can... before and a fast the day after <laughs> because you <laughs> walk <laughs> yeah this well uh Actually, this year I I lifted on Thanksgiving Day before oh, I even cool. ate. Yeah, so that's why I heard it's supposed to be the best thing. So I figured, uh, you know, and so I did that. But normally, yeah, I'd I'd take it easy and not eat a lot during that day. Even maybe I might eat normal the day before, but definitely the day after, it's like, oh, screw this! I, I'm still full from <laughs> Thanksgiving, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so there's there's lumpia that's like a Philippine version of an egg roll. Those are always fantastic because deep fried anything is mm, is worth fantastic. it. So that's that's probably my other go to. It's like I'll get like half a dozen just for me, <laughs> and call it good. So, um, but that's kind of cool too. And there's a bunch of other other things that get made. Uh, this COVID Thanksgiving, there wasn't as much of that stuff, but just because there was a smaller turnout, but uh, yeah. my uncles, aunts and uncles are a lot older, but it's nice to have other things than just, you know, Turkey and, but never have we had beets. Never have we had cranberry sauce. So you guys know what's up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody knows something. That's trash. That, yeah. <laughs> they saw it and went, no. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with these people? They actually eat this stuff? Look here. <laughs> l- l- let's go beyond Thanksgiving now. What is the mm-hmm. one food that you will not eat, period? See, I was one of those kids that my parents thought I should have to try everything. And we oh, had yeah. wars over it, like multiple day wars. And finally, we got to a thing that I was allowed to pick one thing no matter what. I didn't have to eat it ever. And it's like every time I ate it, I puked. So, what stuff, was it? Tuna fish. The smell Still? of tuna fish to this day makes my stomach churn. I, I eat tuna every day. I hate the stuff, <laughs> can't stand the smell, whatever it is. I would like to try someday. And if I make it up to like the um, West Coast or the Northwest or whatever, I'd like to try fresh tuna. Actual fish tuna not so different exactly not even similar 
So I want to try that someday just to see, you know, but like your store-bought tuna fish type crap, whatever that paste is, it, yeah. Just Have you had sushi before? I have, and I don't like it either. Really? Yeah. So, but when it comes yeah. to tuna fish, no thank you. What's your worst mm-hmm. food? I'm going to go with Jeez. ramen. Ramen noodles, like actual, like the ramen noodles you get from the store. I will never eat those again. I ate them for like two months straight because I was so broke when I was 22. Now just thinking of them makes me want to throw up. Ugh. That's fair. Oh, that sounds so good, though. They're fucking... Okay, if you go to like a restaurant... Like a legit actual, Rayman. Yeah, yeah, like the real ones. Those are those don't taste anything like those <laughs> store-bought packages. Oh, my God. Of one step up above cardboard... Yeah, they're practically well. When you're paying twenty nine cents per packet, <laughs> you know there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, geez, Louise, I don't think. I mean, given a choice, I'd I'd probably never eat liver again. Uh, that's an easy one to not. <laughs> you know what it comes down to on liver is. It all comes down to the cook. There are mm-hmm. people that can cook liver to make it taste good and have it soft, but it's almost always overcooked. Yes. You gotta That's have how... you, you gotta have that like redneck or or farmer who, you know, like cuts it out fresh, throws it on a spit and cooks it just right. And you're like, what was that? Oh, that was liver. And you never even knew it. You go out and you order liver and you get this hunk of leather and you're like, no. Yeah. Growing up, that's how it was always overcooked. It was, is, is garbage. Uh, Unrelated, semi-related. I know my father, he can't eat. Spam is his thing. He grew up. um, He said uh, something about his mom would make pizza and put spam on it. (laughs) And was just like after that he's like never again i'm done <laughs> like thanks no and so i i get it it's like i don't know that i'd want spam on a pizza either so your parents were like nice to you and shielded you from all the crap food <laughs> that's what you're saying in some ways yes i mean growing up there was liver but i never ate tripe or any of those oddball like tongue or any of those oddball things on occasion there'd be chicken livers or those whatever and some you know some other odds yeah hearts and uh, gizzards. uh other odds and ends cheek meat you know just very like different odd cuts of you know cheap cuts of meat that are are either too like it's like eating a shoe because it's just so <laughs> tough or it's, but yeah, I, I, I didn't. And maybe that part of that too was uh, just my, might've been my dad's influence. Cause I know he grew up eating a lot of that stuff and it's like, all right, I don't, we're done. We don't, we don't need to eat, go that low yeah. on that, that scale. So nice. Yeah. Another one that was ruined for me was meatloaf. That I, I won't eat meatloaf anymore either. 
like yeah. any meatloaf? Pretty much. No, I'll stub my nose up to it. What that, the fuck that, happened to you? Uh, yeah, that's almost what I want. There's got to be a story behind that. Yes, yes. That that was the go-to dish when I was uh, married. She oh, would yeah. just make meatloaf, and it just it all the time, yeah. and got to the point where, it, like you with the Raymond noodles, got to, no, I don't want ever. And then you just become tired of it. Is is there a good meatloaf out there? Absolutely. I'm okay. just. It's on the list of. No, uh, I I can fast that day. <laughs> I, I totally understand that because whenever I was growing up and it was just me and my dad, it seemed like every night he would make hamburger helper. And now, just saying it, I can taste it, and I <laughs> <laughs> there's there's not even a little part of me that thinks that sounds good because it is so salty and it's just yeah, you get burnt out on it, and you're like. You know it's not really bad. It's just oh, yeah, it is. you're just no. I'm saying like taste wise and stuff. Like it's not a horrible food. You eat it for you know it, it, six you, straight. Yeah, right. It's not going to taste good anymore. Exactly. <laughs> I mean that was almost 14 years ago. <laughs> and you're still no. I you're stuck for life. Still has oh, yeah. PTSD from it. <laughs> PTSD. Yeah. I walk. I walk through IV and I see it like oh. <laughs> not again. <laughs> Walk faster, faster. <laughs> oh, right. hell. What's our right. next one? Since we're on the topic of food, <laughs> you can only eat at one restaurant the rest of your life. Which are you picking? Wow. Whoa. I'm pissed off at so many right now. <laughs> you know, like, the, with all, all their dumb down? rules, it's like, one, they got to be open. Um. If I'm picking a local place and not a chain one, I'm going to do a nice, wonderful. We got this place called Snappers. It's a nice pub. And yeah, they got some really good food. I could could handle eating there just about every day. They have a nice enough menu. What do they got? Uh, Mostly I stick to their really good burgers they have. But they got cheese sticks. Um, The son likes the chicken strip things. There's got good onion rings the one you just said what's that <laughs> that is the most american answer ever yeah i mean they got burger their... with the cheese sticks <laughs> <laughs> yep uh they got good nachos i think they have nachos yeah. i'm thinking the other place i don't know it's like if i go out i just get their nice good burger i could i can eat that so talking chain restaurants though let's add two dimensions think local place and think chain on the chain side that would be harder like if I if I only had one place, uh, what was it, Demolition Man, where Taco Bell won out the um, everything, and you could only eat Taco Bell. If I only had one restaurant left, I'm not sure who I would pick at this point. Uh, yeah, that's a. I would say chain. I would go with Texas Roadhouse because that's a chain. There, uh, what is that? That cinnamon butter. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good. That, they uh, got good steaks too, and it's even though it is a chain, their steaks are damn you know, good for a chain. I I would go with it. Would have to be a steakhouse. So I could say Texas Roadhouse. You'd have to have a. Place I already said it. No, I'm saying I, I like that answer. Something along that lines. Another steak place or something where you could get good cuts of meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was gonna say for uh, local, I would go that Hessen House place I took you to the German Ooh, restaurant. Yes. Because their food is outstanding and 
if I could just drink their beer, you know, I'd be a happy man. <laughs> Get a shoe every time you go in. Oh yeah, a whole das boot. Yup. Um. Yeah that that was a good place. Uh, yeah, that here there's probably a couple places I could go, but the one that popped in my head was a burger uh, burger joint called Stella's here. Uh, and it's like, I think they're on their fourth generation of the family is owns it. And, uh, they, they were hit pretty hard with, uh, from the whole COVID BS early on. Um, but they're, they've managed to stay open and all that stuff. So, but good burgers, um, they put your, uh, fries in a basket and your burgers served on a napkin (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of and they're all good and they have they have one where they uh it's like they have a brisket burger they have a that they just came out with it's supposed to be really good they have a a donut one with the buns a donut like a like a glazed donut cheeseburger bacon cheeseburger or something you had one of those i have not had one of those but i want to i i haven't been uh, been there in in a while, so I need to go. It so sounds you like need to go have one of try. those. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're gotta gonna do. see if that's gonna be the protein shake flavor you're going with. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. It's like bacon cheeseburger, but it's got to have that sweet the glazed donut. What is he in it? <laughs> uh, as far as a chain, yeah, yeah. It it'd have to be a steakhouse of some sort, and whether that guys are lamb. Um. Well, you no, you got a winner on that one. I mean, you you got to have someone say McDonald's or some shit like that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of my life eating McDonald's. I mean, a a Big Mac once in a blue moon is, you know, is a fantastic idea until you do you eat one. Okay. Well, did you have the Wendy's Pub Burger? I have oh. not. Uh, you know they had one. Yeah, I had it two days in a row. I'm not saying I felt good afterwards, <laughs> but, but it food. tasted amazing. Okay, out of the fast food burger joints, if only one was left, Bebop's. Oh, they don't even have that around here. Yeah, they don't have that here, too. But Is that only I, Iowa? Yeah, I think that's only Iowa. It's only Iowa. So that's not I, a big enough chain. You got to go bigger. It's pretty big in Iowa. We, it, it, only in Iowa. Iowa but... We got to let's go worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a chain here. Runs a. I, I'd go with that, but it's it's like in Nebraska. Maybe it's a few other places, but that's yeah. pretty much it. So yeah, bigger. If you're gonna go with a bigger you got, chain, well, okay, let's see. Like a you got Nash, McDonald's, na- nationwide, McDonald's, Steak and Shake, Hardee's or Star, whichever one you have. Here. Steak Shake's not there. You don't have them. Wow. No, um, Wendy's. Trying to think. It's too bad. I don't know what Wendy's or Sonic. Beer. Sonic is another big one. Sonic used to be good. They're, they, They've uh, gone downhill. Uh-huh. Um, I would probably do Wendy's. Wendy's would probably win out for me. Um, BK's, uh, what are they? They got the Rodeo Burger and the Texas Whopper. Those aren't bad. Because the yeah. Texas Whopper, they put bacon and jalapenos on. You don't like the Whopper? No. Not a fan. The- what do you get from but if, if if there's only one of those, I'd 
pick any one of those national burger chains, I'd, part of me wants to go Wendy's. Just yeah, Wendy's is they got they have, a lot to choose from. Yeah, and I think their burgers taste better than the others. I'm not a big Whopper guy. I mean, is McDonald's really a burger? <laughs> is any of them really a burger besides Wendy's? <laughs> I, yeah, well, and if you don't have steak and shake, we can't go with the, that. Would be my second pick. I was going to mm. say that they're not in Iowa. Really, that's yeah. surprising. Yeah, we don't have them here either, Nebraska. So th- I wonder if that's like an East thing. Well, don't you guys have a lot of Five Guys out that way? Yes, we do. Yeah, oh, those are, I think I do like Five somewhere? Guys though. Fuck, I forgot about them. Either I've only had them once or twice, so I don't. I can't really say they're. They really talk up their fries, which I think are way overpriced. Way over. They're like, what, three bucks for the fries? Yeah, it's overrated. Yeah. But they use peanut oil. <laughs> As well, they should because it has a higher temperature. Well, and they also killed a bunch of millennials with it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you need a culling of the herd. Let's be well, honest. There are forest are fires for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got any more, CJ? What else do we have? Uh, what's your thoughts on one rep max? Oh, oh, we're going here. I'm not going here. I'm skipping this one. No, you're not. <laughs> it's asked. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've said this to you guys. Uh, elsewhere but i've never been i've never been that guy i've never cared about that stuff i've never um it's you know i know people a number of people are trying you know whether they're going for strength or going for you know power lifter stuff or whatever there's there's always this like you're chasing a number in some ways and and while i get that and that works for those folks that that's i've never cared about that I go to the gym, I lift, and I try and, you know, I'm, it's about pushing myself. I was going to say, do you ever try to get more weight than last time? Is that is that numbers, are those numbers in your head whenever you go? Or is it more or less like how you, like, feel while you're doing it? I am trying to move more weight. I mean, I and I keep track of my workouts and how much I do and then how many, you know, reps and sets and, and the weight used. And so next time I use that as a reference. And if I hit, you know, however many reps on the last time at whatever weight, I'll bump up the weight accordingly to try and fail at the, on the last set. Um, And so I do progress from that perspective, but it's, it's not, I'm not driving to get my, your end goal is at one rep. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just doing the workout, increasing the weight, and I and I realize too, it could be a good test of, you know, what's where are you at? Where are you at from a strength your perspective? Strength, yeah, I was gonna say your progression, how you progress in like maybe the six months or so. so yeah, like just as a test checkpoint test. I, I I totally see the value in it, but I, that's n- not something that I I've ever really truly given a shit about it's just I, I go to the gym i lift i do the thing i feel good i you know look good i come home <laughs> two scoops of bacon cheeseburger protein <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a muscle nap and call it good so oh, yeah. 
I was going to say, um, yeah, there for a while, I was kind of chasing a number on my deadlift, but then I kind of realized it was more of an ego lift than anything. Like I was trying to, you know, this number is going to make me feel better about myself type deal. Like now I'm a strong, now I'm strong enough to say that I can pull this number. And then I quit for like six months. <laughs> and honestly, like I told you guys, I went and tried that number and I got it easy. Cause I stopped, I stopped doing anything like that. And I actually got stronger because I wasn't, cause I think that whenever you do the one rep max, cause there's people that do it, you know, every week and you're literally putting out so much effort to do that one thing that you're ruining your whole workout. So I think that, yeah, like you said, testing every once in a while is just nice to see if you're progressing or not. But once a month or every two weeks is just, you're regressing at that point. You're taking away from your whole workout. Well, and you know, what's the, what's the, end goal what what are you really trying to achieve i mean it's you know some some things right get done just because they're there and i totally get that right it's like i'm gonna pull a thousand on a deadlift okay that's like going to the moon kind of thing right there's (laughs) so i get it you achieve those things fantastic um but and if you're trying to be a strong man or a power lifter of some of those things too Okay. Okay. Fine. Me, I, I want to look good naked. So, you know, I'm not, I, so it's more, it, it's more ego in that, that uh, perspective. I, I'm trying to transform my body too. It's, you know, I want to lose fat, gain muscle, put on muscle, uh, lose well, here's fat. A bit, here's another thing. Just by doing the big three, you're not really changing your body composition. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. getting stronger. So, yeah, yeah. I, and I think any way you look at it, it goes far as ego. Ego just plays into it. If you want to look good naked or you're doing strength, I, I think a lot of it is is injury prevention also, though. You know, it's it, you chase that number. If you continue to chase that number and you get into ego lifting, you're going to end up getting hurt. Yeah. Compared to like a power lifter or a strong man that's going to work up to a point hits it and then he you know it's not like you know talk to the guys doing 500 kg they're not doing that every week i was gonna say they don't even do it honestly they don't until they're actually at competition Competition. they work their way up and then the competitions when they hit that they're doing like three reps before that right they're not even trying to max out because the maxing out puts such a tax on their body they got to recover for like a week or two right so yeah, I think it, 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 it's too much ego lifting at that point where ego plays into it in one way, shape, or form. But I mean, all, all lifting is kind of ego driven. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, so, I'm not, I'm but you know, it's like better, right? But it's like talking deadlift the other day. I, I mean, 405, I've gotten higher than that, but I've never done more than one at a time. And one night I was feeling good. I was doing my sets, came down, and I pulled 405 for three. And it was like, it just felt good that night. A week later, I'm like, let's try it again. I didn't even really want to come off the floor. <laughs> you know, it's it's hit or miss, and it's like, all right. And it's like, you got to – I think you get smarter along the way and go, okay, I got to walk off this and, and yeah, hit the, hit the numbers I need to, not just 
go for the ego number. I mean, sometimes they're in the gym and one exercise feels great. So you bury that one exercise. You're not like, oh, this one, do this for three sets, move this one. It's like, no, I'm going to do this for 12 sets and walk out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, and and that's, you know, how much of that uh, comes into play uh, in terms of connection, right? Once you have that good mind-muscle connection with whatever, you know, you get in that groove, but that's different for different people, right? Some people do really love or connect with moving heavy weights at maybe lower, a lower volume, right? I'm going to do four to six reps at, you know, what some huge number pound wise. I mean, obviously that's relative to every person, but uh, um, versus, you know, I tend to connect more with, slightly lower weights and higher volumes, but, you know, um, and if things get too heavy for me, some of that gets in my own head. It's like, I know I can move the weight, but it's, it just doesn't, it doesn't necessarily connect. I don't connect with it in the same way. If I went five or 10 pounds lighter and did 10 or 12 versus four to six kind of thing, if that makes sense. So Mm kind of like with squats like once you get to a point your form starts breaking like it's not doing anything but hurting you at this point that's why like i keep talking about like i've had the lower back problems with it yesterday i started to struggle with my uh form and i just racked i'm like i'm done i'm not not because i'm gonna ruin my fucking workout if i keep fucking going which i could have which i have done quite a few times and at that point i can't even care a 45 pound plate without feeling like i'm gonna cry (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it you just gotta learn what the hell you're doing and one rep max is something yeah every so often if you're feeling it give her a shot yep but not every week. You're just no. ruining your workout. You might as well just stop. <laughs> All right, you want to do the the meaty question? Serious question. Yeah, we gotta gotta go with a well, and we can still have fun with this because I mean we are talking about signal fires. So yeah, can you read the la- last one? It, it's got a lot to unpack. So. All right. This is from Totally Left Field. We talk of networking, connecting with kindred spirits and like minds to weather and forge the world we want to build. What does the process look like on the other side of a collapse or societal free fall type of thingy? Signal fires, what does alliance building look like in the scramble of chaos? And. I think you need to throw some nuances in here of how far has it collapsed? Because are we talking about the start of the break or, or, or the end 20 and I, years? Into well, the and I, I think you got to be looking at several different points of it. Like right now you should be building up your network and uh, we, we have all this technology. We got all the different channels. You got all the different social medias. And you start working out and meeting cool guys all over the globe, whatever. And then you start working more and more to bring it down and um, bringing it more to home, you know, bringing those networks of how close does this guy live? Is he within a half a day's driving distance, a full day's driving distance, or, and we'll just talk to us. 
You know, if you live around a major city, can you drive a couple hours to meet a buddy that you met online and you guys became friends because your part of town is starting to burn and you can escape to his part where it's stabilized and vice versa. And in most scenarios, I'm going to say not all technology will be dropped. Unless an EMP goes off, you're going to have some kind of communicate. And the biggest thing is have phone numbers, have emails. Beyond the social media, if you can get past Twitter or past um, IG or past LinkedIn or whatever else and have a more solid, hey, this is my personal email, use in case of emergency. Or here's my phone number, text me type thing. Because most of the time you're still going to have something. And they've even shown like in disaster areas when millions of people hit their phones, your phone quits working, but texts get through. It might take a while. But you can text somebody and get a simple text that says, hey, meet here, and you can, you know, move from one area to another. But a lot of the networking, I think, starts right now, and you just have to build out from that. I was going to say, kind of do it a little closer. You could uh, have a plan with your neighbor. How good of friends are you with your neighbors? Do you know them? I mean, I know that I don't know all of my neighbors, but my two right next to me, I know them well enough that if anything went down, we would trust each other to help each other out. I mean, well, it starts from there. Well, and I'm looking, I'm looking at the question from the the big sense down to the small, and you're starting at the small, which I that's oh, immediate. Well, that's right when it happens. No, I'm saying that's the other way you got to look at it. And we don't want me just talking for the next 40 minutes. So I'm glad you brought <laughs> it up. But but I want to add this thing in here. It's like, I know my immediate neighbors. And the thing is, those neighbors, like, I know the neighbor next to me. He knows the neighbor next to him. I don't have to know the neighbor next to him because he knows that neighbor. But that neighbor knows the neighbor two doors down. Sure. So in essence you have a contact one person off of meeting other people. So you don't have to know your whole village or your whole town. You just know the original and hopefully it works out from there and it can build off that. So going from both angles, the broad spectrum of finding like-minded people, because most of my neighbors are semi like-minded, but not a hundred percent. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's part of it too, is, is like-minded folks. Cause there's going to be, you know, cause that in and of itself causes problems. Although <clears throat> I, you'd have to assume that if, if shit's really going sideways, right. There's a lot of those things that kind of fall by the wayside and it's less about like-mindedness. There's people who are going to be able to help and act still take action and not be um, immobilized by fear or whatever emotions they're feeling, but just by the chaos of what's going on. Um, so, you know, that will probably play more into it, but you know, more than anything, it's about having, like I've, I've said this a number of times and it's something I know we kind of all agree on what we've been talking about is, you know, have a guy for that, you know, have a person that, you know, for that, that thing, like, I think, is such solid advice. If you're waiting for the crisis to build your networks, you're, you're way too late. <laughs> like right. if you don't start doing that now, um, but it's so easy in this day and age with technology, like you're saying to 
you know, meet people or know people around the country or, oh, I've got an app for that. So when this happens, I'll do this. But if all that goes away, right, what are you left with? Well, I got to I got to talk to a guy, you know, or I, how am I going to eat? Oh, this guy has animal, you know, cows or whatever. And I got vegetables. And so maybe we can work out a trade or he's got guns and, you know, or he's got long guns and I've got short guns, <laughs> like whatever the thing is we got to, but you got to talk to somebody about that and make those connections. And, and, you know, it starts, you got to start where you're at, whatever that means, like whether that's your neighbors or if you're in a big city and whatever you want to reach out online, how start that way and then work inwards to your local community or start with your local community and work out. Definitely have, uh, have an, have a guy for that, whatever that thing is to help you out. In, in, I think you have to work on both of them simultaneously. You can't just do one or the other and build. Mm -hmm. It's like you're starting with your local community and building out and you're starting on the larger scale building in and somewhere is going to find that happy medium between the two. Cause again, more than likely, not everything's going to crash at once. If you live in the United States or you live in a bigger country, your entire country isn't going to collapse in a day. Areas could collapse or say even uh, say, you know, we're all Midwesterners. Say, I was if, the, say if somebody's going to attack us, they're probably going to go for us because we're the heart of this country. Without the Midwest, this country cannot well, but we, there's not enough people they want to take. I'm saying, think natural Resources disasters. are from here. Yeah, but think natural. Say say Yosemite blows and it takes out two-thirds of the country, like mm -hmm. the Northwest coming down this way. What are you going to do? Everyone's going to start migrating east. You know, what if the great flood happens down through the Mississippi Valley and we all the water just starts running? What are you going to do? You're going to start escaping to the coast. You know, the chances of... All, all major areas in the U.S. crushing at the same time are so vast, you're going to have people being able to migrate one way or the other. And I, and I think this is where some of these connections and alliances with like-minded people will work out. It's like, okay, my community is getting uprooted. Where can I go? And those are the kind of things. Will we probably ever use them? 99% unlikely. Yeah. You know? Unless someone hits the country with major uh, EMPs across the thing and wipes out the whole entire networks, then you're back to relying on local communities. And, you know, granted, I think the cities are screwed and they'll, they'll just go into mass chaos. Us people out in the more, more country <laughs> folk, we're going to live a lot easier because you have that village mentality. So I, I think that's that's building up. But I don't I don't see... I mean, even hurricane-wise, you know, they wipe out the coast and stuff. What do most of those people do? They all, they, like, the last set of them that went up the East Coast, what do most of them do? They all move to the other side of the mountains, move to the interior a little bit, and then once it passed and things started to open back up, they moved, you know. When stuff hits the Gulf, they move north and then drop back in. So, now... Smaller countries, other stuff, I think they have other issues that they have to deal with, but I'm pretty much just going to center on the states because that's where we're at. So I, I, 
I, I think you almost need your own little black book of, yeah. of names of people and men that you think you could trust. And then when you're traveling, get out and shake hands. And a handshake meeting a person is worth talking 100 hours on Zoom to them or some other thing or text or IG or whatever else. It's getting out and be like, just sit down for an afternoon, shake a guy's hand and, and talk. And that is like the biggest building block to creating your network. Yeah. And that's one thing about technology, right? And especially social media, but even before that, like emails and text messages and all this stuff where, you know, oh, we're going to be that much more connected. And in so many ways we are, right? We know what's happening on the other side of the world in ways that we never could even 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And, uh, but it's, but at the same time, it's like, we're, we're connected through all these social media apps and, and all these smartphones and all that stuff. Um, but yet we're, we're, it's like, we're all alone together because each of us are in our own bathrooms scrolling through Facebook or whatever it is. Right. It's like, and so, you know, we've lost, it's kind of crazy that idea, but we've lost that, that, that sort of connection, that, that neighborhood sort of feel or community. I know that's something I, like I knew growing up, everybody knew everybody on the block, you know, it's like something could happen down the block with us kids. And by the time I got home, my parents already knew about, about it. <laughs> you know, just because of the network and how things work and just the way it goes. And it's, it's, uh, you know, but we've lost that sense of community, I guess, is, is, and in the truest sense of that, not just, you know, meeting somebody and talking to them and saying hi or whatever, but, you know, really talking about stuff, getting to know them and authentically, like not just, oh, hey, how about those Hawkeyes or how about those Huskers? Like, you know, it, but talking about real things and not just, covid or politics or whatever but getting a chance to piss somebody off yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but just talking with people and connecting with people i think that's definitely something we're all we all need we're all yearning for but we all you know for whatever reason uh, i'm not going to talk to that guy or i'm not gonna you know or you talk to somebody and they rub you the wrong way okay great maybe that's not the person you you need to connect with, but if you can't even do that locally, like you said, Nate, you know, whether you're even just going out, you know, last night I went out to a bar, had a nice cigar and a nice drink and talking with not just the bartenders, but also a couple of the people sitting at the bar. We were talking about uh, good food here in Omaha and around the country. And, you know, just, striking up a conversation and having that ability to do that, you know, who knows if I'll ever meet them again, who knows if I'll ever see them again. I I have a feeling if I go to that same place, they'll, they'll be there. But um, at the same time, it's, it's just, you know, take those opportunities to do that at the grocery store, the more comfortable you get to reaching out and just saying hi to people, you know, it's a much better place, but that's, you're, you're right. That's something that gets done more here in flyover country than in big cities. Everybody's got their own agenda so much that they're in their own little world that they forget that there's a whole world outside of it. 
Yeah. Well, and that, that brings up another thing I think that comes with connections and building alliances and everything is you have to bring value. You know, n- if you're not bringing value as a person to the group, they don't want you. You know, if you can't add something of whatever it is, why should they help you? You know, if you're just a drain, people don't need drains. They have enough things going on. You have to be able to step up and bring something to the table. And that's a lacking thing. You know, it's like, how do you help me? I'll help you, but how do you help me? It sounds somewhat selfish, but at the same time, it's like, I don't need 10 guys to show up and use my resources and then not turn around and help me back. It's, you're just a drain, you know, maybe help you a little bit to get you on your way. But if all you're doing is taking and you're not giving anything, you're not going to last long. You're going to, you're going to use that up. So I think that's the other big thing is bringing value. And even in our whole connecting of social media is, is if you're not bringing video or value, why are people following you? Why, why are you talking to these people? Why are you taking up their time? You know, that the most valuable resource. So I think value plays a big key into it. And if you're not bringing that, why do I want you around? Does all of that apply? I, I know we've been talking here. Let me back up a little bit. I know we've been talking here about you know, networking and all that stuff that really, if you're doing it after the collapse, it's, you know, after it's all gone, it's all on fire. It's, it's too late, but say, you know, even with that, right. Uh, say we've done all that. The three of us are all that's left standing in the ashes of the old world. And right. How do, how do you still make connections? How do you still do those sorts of things and build those alliances after that's that's happened just kind of touch uh uh on the know, fast forward and touch yeah yeah is it still the same is it i mean obviously communication lines may be changed or different or those sorts of things but is it really the same sorts of ideas just are we like at mad max stage now <laughs> well that's a good point <laughs> that's unclear by the, the by the question that was asked but i know they touched on that right it's like what's what's it look like look post? like in the scramble of chaos like the yeah, after yeah. effects i like lord of the flies at this point <laughs> <laughs> well there's definitely going to be some of that right there's going to be people scrambling in, oh, in yeah. areas and not knowing what to do people are going to take leadership roles or or have leadership foisted upon them in some way. Well, I think that's a key point. You know, are you a leader? Hmm. People are going to flock to the leaders, the people that aren't leaders, the followers or whatever. And that goes back to my subject of value. You know, if this community is thriving, why? If this group is surviving, why? You basically become mini warlords, you know, or, or you assist somebody else. And and you start building the tribes again, because we're going to drop into a tribal society again Mm -hmm. after a major collapse. I mean, it's going to go to, I I think a tribal society at that point is almost instantaneous, you know, and that much chaos, people are go, Hey, look, those guys aren't killing everybody, rape and pillaging. And they're keeping all the other bad guys that are running around from doing that. I want to hang out with them. Well, then it's like, well, are you a, 
you know, are you a pillager or are you a guy trying to rebuild community? And that's going to split. So all the pillagers are going to end up together. And then the guys that are trying to rebuild community and then the people that just, they're not fighters, not defend, they're just going to fall in and be, but they're going to have to have more value because if they can't fight, what can you do? Can you cook, clean? Can you do medical? Can you work the garden? What, what are you going to do? Which is all tribal roles. Yeah, everybody just, can't be a le- I mean, everybody can't be a leader. You need followers to actually make a tribe. Exactly. And, and you need warriors, but you need people to support the warriors. Not everybody mm-hmm. can be the fighter and protect all the time because you need someone making food. Mm-hmm. So, or making weapons or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Blacksmiths are still badass. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. We need them in, in high regard. But I, I think that's what it is, is that people will start sinking it out. And those that don't hold up their own will be cast out. Well, that's kind of like society right now. How many people would actually add value if technology was gone? Most, I mean, generally, a lot of people without technology are without value, which is kind of sad. And I've kind of noticed that. I mean, look at all the people that have gone away from, you know, skilled trades. Skilled trades now, you can, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Well, well, they're old guys you know yeah we're middle-aged but they're bitter because you know they've been left with shit but they also demand to not do anything which i see that it's pathetic but you know it comes with the times you know you ain't got anybody but these old timers you're going to give them whatever they want just to keep them on and think about like if they lose we lose all of this and it goes back to what we keep talking about tribalism. Like the lazy motherfuckers are going to die real quick. Yeah. You know, they're going to be left out in the cold because they're not going to add any value or they're going to be too frail to deal with life with, you know, struggle. Cause you know, they haven't felt struggle like real struggle. Like I know a couple of us have and they're not going to know what to do. And then their anxiety and depression is going to kill them. And that's why we have forest fires. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's going to be a very harsh wake up for a lot of people. And a lot of us are going to be ready for it because we've dealt with hardship. Yeah. yeah. And, he, well, and I think that brings up a good point too. It, it, some of it's mindset, right? It's like, you know, if I, so I, you know, if, if you had the right mindset, are you willing to do whatever the thing is or, you know, willing to contribute and learn to contribute in whatever way? I mean, that's learn to create value. I, you know, I, I think if there's a willingness, obviously, then, okay, cool. I'll help you out, I'll help, you know, because you're at least trying. But, you know, to your point, CJ, how, how many people would just kind of throw in the towel and say, screw it, I'm... <laughs> Well, just, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. There's be a learning curve in there. Oh yeah. You know, it's it's how many guys, you know, okay, the first few weeks of something like that, they're gonna go, well, the government's gonna take care of us. I'll just sit at home and wait for somebody else to do it. Exactly. And then and that's gonna go in and then they're gonna get desperate. And once they get desperate, now they're gonna find out what they're really capable of. They're gonna and already then, be behind. Exactly. And, the, and since they're behind on that, 
they become a destructive force because now they're lashing out because they're scared. They're, they're injured, in panic scared. mode. Yeah, they're panic mode. And they'll run into the stability and then they'll um they'll either fight it or or they can get absorbed into it depending on, you know, but yeah, it's a going to be a whole lot of chaos. And I think in flyover country, there's still enough farmers and farmhouses and farm mentality to a certain extent that there, there's a stabilization in that, but you lose it the closer you get to a bigger city, the more that goes away. And I think out of the, what will happen a lot of times is gangs will, I'll say gangs instead of tribes, gangs will build up into the cities because th- they're basically going to, you know, pillage and plunder. Thing. What's that? Gangs and tribes are practically the same thing. They are, but but I'm making a little bit of a nuanced difference. A tribe is going to work together to build a community, whereas they're growing medical, they're taking care of food, medical, and protection, where a gang is basically going to be pillaging and taking from others. They're not yeah, going to try to start. Yes. They're scavengers. scavengers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have more of a, I'm going to take from you because I need it where the tribes are going to be like, okay, what can we do to build this up to support mm-hmm. the community and, versus destruction? Yeah. So yes, you're, you're dead on. They're basically the same thing, but it's just a mentality shift. Mm-hmm. The gang doesn't care about the resources. They're just going to take from the people that have. Which, you know, that exists today, even today, right? There's takers and makers. It's right you're either a drain on the system or you're, you know, creating that's well, and we've seen some of that to to a degree, right. With all the stuff that's been going on now, not just COVID, but everything else. Right. It's like, uh, you know, at the onset, you're kind of all scared and like, nobody knows what's going on, especially in those early weeks, you know, uh, I don't know that I was panicked, but it's like, okay, this, what's going to happen what's it's more the uncertainty and that unknown and so you're still trying to figure stuff out and everything's kind of a shit show just in those early moments right those first few weeks that first month but you know what we're day 270 you know 15 days to flatten the curve <laughs> day 270 or whatever the number is and we're almost there we're almost yeah. there we're almost there yeah <laughs> But it was more to flatten the curve. And yet, you know, we see that. But then there's still that panic. Like every time we kind of hit these. Goalposts. I, I don't want to say. Uh, I don't want to say arbitrary. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe they are arbitrary um, events. But it's it, it's like, you know, every time we get to this thing, it's like, oh, there's a rise in case. There's a spike in cases. It's not just cases rising. We have a spike. Oh, you know, the hospitals here, they, they extended, um, you know, our 80% capacity or whatever the, the threshold is to freak out number. And then, you know, they extended the mask mandate now to, it was supposed to end on the 24th of November. Now it's February sometime. And it's like, but there's still this segment of the population that, that, it to me is still in a panic mode. Like, Oh my God, what, what's the government, the government needs to do something. And then it becomes, you know, uh, you know, it's like you guys aren't wearing your masks or, you know, and you know, how often is that tied to, uh, 
Oh shit. Where where was where was I going with that? <laughs> Last <laughs> night, train of thought. It was going good. I was well, it gives you well, it's like, reason to blame it's somebody like, else, right? Well, and I think you kind of touched on it. Like we've we've sort of touched on this, right? Like weaker people will look outside themselves mm-hmm. and want the world to change in order for me to be okay or happy or taken care or whatever. But you know, strong people tend to look inside themselves and it's like, okay, what can I do? What can what can I change? Somebody else type stuff. Yeah. What can I learn? What can I how can I improve? It starts with me and then that radiates out into the world versus somebody, you know, the opposite view of that is everything else has to be changed because I want to be comfortable. I want to be, you know, safe or whatever it is. And it's like, make up your own mind, you know, or, you know, and live your life, do your thing, whatever that is. If you want to be scared, great, but you know, don't expect me to change because that's not going to make you feel better. It's not going to change your life, but it, you know, me giving you my paycheck doesn't do you any good, but well, there's in, in with all the traveling around I've been doing recently, something I've noticed is like to the smaller towns, smaller farming communities, smaller little villages and stuff where they know everybody. There is no panic. There is no stress. The people that are in the stores that have to follow a chain rule or half-ass doing it or whatever, and there's that strong sense of community of, all oh, this is stupid, yeah, da-da-da-da-da. It's like wearing shirts and shoes inside the, a restaurant type thing. Oh, it's, it's an ordinance, so we kind of have to pay yep. attention. But then as you start moving toward the city, and in this case, Chicago, you start getting more people that are scared. They're frightened. They, they got more rules and regs. You got the watchdogs and the Karens, and you got all the cranky people that are whining and bitching. And, and it's like, you know, look at you strange and everybody just gives in. And, and there's a stark contrast between the country folk that you can tell they know everybody. Compared to the city where you have these mass number of people, yeah, they're not alone, but they are alone. Like like you they're said earlier. Than yeah, anything. they're more alone even though there's more people than the small community of 300 that know everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've never been more alone together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And, you know, and how much of that, too, is 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 tied up in in comfort. Oh, yeah, it's 100 percent comfort because you get comfortable in being by yourself and being alone and you don't want to go outside your own little bubble because then, you know, you might run into conflict because somebody has a different idea than you. And then it's uncomfortable, right? Wonderful gilded cage. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, and that's that's the. uh that's such an interesting dichotomy, right? Cause you don't grow in from comfort. Rarely do you grow in comfort. I mean, obviously plants need the right conditions to grow kind of, but even there's storms and there's, there's high winds or those kinds of things that challenge. So you have to, so whatever plant it is, whether it's a tree or a tomato plant needs to get stronger in the face of that adversity. So, I mean, what is so it? Get, uh, wine grapes, the yeah. ones that come from the harshest climate are the best. It's the best wine. It's the same with people. Yeah, and we grow through dis. You know, there's growth through that discomfort, and yet 
we're, we're constantly trying to settle back into a zone of comfort. And I, I get it. I mean, I've, I fall prey to that all the time. I, I don't want to get out of bed oh, that's in human. the morning <laughs> when it's, especially when it's cold, you know, cold winter months, who wants to get out of a warm, cozy bed kind of thing. I, I totally get that, but, um, or a nice hot shower. It's like, uh, but, um, you know, how often do we kind of get drawn in by that trap or get stuck in that comfort trap where we don't want to challenge ourselves, even if it's to, you know, I'm going to do something I've never done today, or I'm going to try something new. I'm going to eat a different food instead of going to McDonald's. I'm going to try something else or whatever it is. Like it could be a small one rep max. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It could be whatever it is. I'm going to try a birthday cake bang, but uh, like whatever it is, you know, it just, trying something new and you know or using a, uh, a straight razor instead of you know an electric shaver or something you know just challenging yourself in different ways oh maybe there's a leaky faucet maybe i'm going to try and fix that um, it's weird that we almost have to force ourselves to do these things but you know you go back 50 60 years and that was just a daily basis so when I was almost about when I was born is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We didn't have coloring books. We had slates with <laughs> granite slates. Didn't you use uh cave paintings back then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you'd but- run by them. That was the movie. So you'd have to run past yeah. them really fast. So it looked like a movie. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> But yeah, no, everything is so convenient. You actually have to make your life inconvenient. You literally have to make things inconvenient for yourself to make hardships most of the time now. Because well, that brings, so brings up another thought too. Cave, cave paintings. <laughs> now that you mention it, but just culture, right? Like some of those things, the stories, the, 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 the lore, the, the, lessons the you know whatever even rites of like to an extent rites of passages but that might be getting a little bit more but just family history or um you know what are what are the things that you pass on to other generations and how has that gotten lost in a lot of ways too and you know not tradition sure but i'm not talking about where you go get your Christmas tree or, you know, when you put up your decor, you know, some of those sorts of things, or even, you know, obviously Thanksgiving meal, there's traditions around that, but, you know, outside of that, outside of those obvious traditions, what, what are there? What's the culture? What's, what's, what gets passed on? What well, survives? And that in plays back so. into this question of networking. You know, and that was part of it, you know, like-minded people. You get a bunch of like-minded people. You know, some guys worry about getting into that echo chamber, and I think there's some of that. But to a certain extent, outside that echo chamber, you, you still need guys of a similar mind to make the network work. You know, if, if the tribe's not getting along, it's going to splinter. So you, you need that little bit of a echo chamber and a little bit of that. Um, oh, there, and I lost my word. <laughs> it's, it's getting that time. Um, 
But I, th- I think we need to build off that. And that, that goes into the networking aspect of it is, is finding the like-minded. And then it's amazing, you know, you've been talking to a guy on the internet, but when did you ask him what state he lives in or what country or whatever? And might find out that he only lives 30 minutes away from you. I was going to say, we through uh, barbarian rhetoric and uh, barbaric soap, we've met quite a few like-minded people that are actually pretty damn close. Yeah. We just never thought of it. We thought they were, you know, thousands of miles away, but they were like literally, what was it? 30 minute drive from you or something. Yeah. Well, and and I met one guy and he lives in town. We we go out and uh, go for walks to park and stuff and chat and things, you know, what's the difference of a chance meeting in a bar or a chance meeting on the internet? And, um, I think a lot of people have this stigmatism of especially older people that hid behind screen names for the umpteen number of years of putting your real name out there and getting, you know, what town do you live in or this or that there's like, well, if people know where I am, they're going to stalk me. Well, nobody cares that much. Trust me. Exactly. (laughs) You know, compared to going out and just meeting people local at the club or whatever, you're Mm -hmm. introducing yourself to a total stranger that's more likely to stalk you than the person that lives in the internet in, you know, three hours away type thing. So they're totally different situations too, because that's more hostile also. And like, if you're talking to somebody online and like you have similar ideas, like it's, you're already making a connection, like in the bar. People right. are just waiting for something bad to happen. Yes. It's like getting jumped at the bar for not doing anything. <laughs> that happens all the time. Getting stalked by somebody because you have similar ideas on internet. When does that really happen? Exactly. Less people, you know, living in, you know, other sides of the country and, you know, getting catfish. That happens. Not, <laughs> not, not like-minded people though. That Right. It's not going to happen. Well, and, and it I could think, happen, but it's not. It, and I think that's where, you know, we have so much video messaging. Mm-hmm. It's easy enough now to go, okay, there's safeguards in there. You're not just texting somebody. No. You can be like, let's hop on a video conference and talk. Now you get to see a face and it's like, well, we did a meetup, you know, uh, what, almost a year plus ago or whatever. And it's like, hey, I've been talking to this guy online for, for with Zoom for the last six months and pulling up to the airport and there he is. You know, you recognize him. You have faces. You, you've already built up that rapport, but there's still, there's something special about shaking that hand and meeting a person to person get together. And uh, th- there's fun in that. It's another dynamic and conversation. And I think more people, th- that's your biggest networking before, after, during is getting out and um, is talking to people. Yeah. And a lot of people are, you know, with being stuck in their homes, they're becoming less social. And whenever you become less social, you are less likely to meet people and you're more likely to fall into a spiral of depression because we are, you know, human nature is to communicate, be social. And whenever you don't have that social aspect, you, you start to lose a part of yourself and without a tribe or other people to, you know, if there's something going on and you got nobody to talk to besides your spouse or your kids, like that's just going to make your home life terrible. So you need an outlet, 
you need you need like-minded men you need friends of i mean a lot of my friends don't even have exactly a like-mindedness but it, it's an outlet and you know it, it's different you know we can have a good time and not have to talk about the sh- stuff that's going on around the world we don't talk about politics we don't talk about viruses we talk about good you know things that are fun like it's just it takes your mind off of everything and that's just a good thing to have no matter what and in our community people talk about like oh if they're not this way or that way don't don't keep around well i think that's total crap if they're a good friend to you and they're loyal and like they would do anything for you and you do anything for them, keep them around, man. There's no reason not to. There's too much stigmatism and all that. People try to make it all white and black and there's a whole lot of gray. Yes. It's not all ones and zeros. There's a bunch of dots in there. Oh. But do you see, I mean, like I was talking about, like I've had friends that, you know, they've been in crappy parts of their life and I've gone through a whole bunch of my life and I was, I knew exactly what to do to help them out of that and to build them up to becoming better than they were before. And I mean, that's what you want in a tribe. That's just adding value in itself, building right. other people up. <clears throat> I mean, that's not all I have to offer, but anybody can offer that to anybody. Yes. And you, you, you don't have to be a jack of all trades. You know, it might just be that one thing, but that one thing is enough. And that one thing might be something that nobody else can do, or you just do it better than everybody else. So either, or it's, I, I think that works together. Boy, we, I think we went off tangent and still stayed within the theme of that question, though. I mean, it's a very, I mean, you can put it very broad. Yep. You, you can, we can touch on everything. <laughs> we go for three hours on this on how to farm with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, and it's like, like we have our friend Joseph, you know, he's a homesteader. Well, mm-hmm. maybe I don't want to be a full-fledged homesteader, but I want to do a couple of little things. Well, he's the guy that helps you out with that. You know, you you got something else. It's like, you know, I'm looking at getting into BJJ and do do you know about this school or that school? And you may have a friend like we got what we got several friends, actually. (laughs) Everybody's BJJ now. (laughs) Yeah, you know, but we we could ask him, hey, what things should we look for when we go to this school? What what Mm -hmm. are we wanting? What do we need? You know, or, hey, you know, the list goes on. It's. And I think that's the other aspect is getting out into those like-minded things and building off that community, find the local people that are in the sport you want to be in or in a homesteading thing or in sailing or whatever activities that you like. That's another huge way to go network because they're like-minded people. It spreads your network out, continues to make it grow, make contacts. And in a lot of this stuff, you have a huge age range and, and you can learn from the younger guys, but the older guys, like in sailing, a bunch of them are all a bunch of retired guys that have been sailing for 20 or 30 years. There's a vast amount of information and resources in there that, you know, the average person doesn't talk to, so they miss out on it and take that with anything. 
you know, if you want to do an activity, get into it. Um, friend of ours is into um, skeet and clay shooting. You know, in some areas, that's dying or a died-off sport. So the more people that can learn it and teach it and bring it on, well, that's a transferable skill. You can go from shooting those to shooting birds. You, you know, it's life skills, stuff like that. So I, I think that's the other thing is to get involved in activities to help build your network. And that would help grow because you know who you can count on or you meet people. And a lot of times those people travel long distances. So you're still growing your network out beyond your normal village and stuff. So that would be another way to build your network out. So... Well, we've been at this for a while. It's probably about time for us to wrap this one up. <laughs> Getting tired of listening to me talk, at least. So, well, Jimmy and CJ, it was great having you guys. CJ, where can we find you at? Uh, you can find me at Heavy Metal CJ on Twitter and on IG. And if you have anything that you want to hit me up with, just hit me in the DMs, add me, whatever, man. Jimmy G, where are you hiding out now? Uh, probably the easiest or best place to find me is on Twitter. Uh, Jimmy G, J-I-M-T-E-G-E-E. Funky spelling, but the way I would normally spell it was t- taken. So that's how that <laughs> one goes. Uh, but yeah, and same like CJ said, if there's, you know, certainly appreciate any follows, but if there's any questions about anything or whatever, hit me up do what i can to if i don't have the answer i'll do what i can to find one for you i was gonna say and both of us need to start writing again yeah i see jimmy g's got some of the pipeline man tomorrow in fact or well this will probably be coming out but yes he'll be having one coming out shortly i'll just say i was gonna say i got a couple ideas i've been brewing up ever since jimmy g showed me that one i'm like all right i gotta start again man (laughs) start again so we're (laughs) And if you like these questions and stuff, hit us up on um, IG at Barbaric Mind. That's where we're going to be running this off of, and we'll get the questions, and we'll build some more questions up and have another go of that, and may even add some other cohorts in on this for some opinions. So thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. I hope it's given you something to think about in your own quest to develop a barbarian mindset. Because it's with this mindset that you'll find the skills, strength, attitude, will, and endurance to see things through and live within the civilization and still be a barbarian. We appreciate your feedback. We especially appreciate those who have been supporting the podcast. That's the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. On our website, on Anchor FM, and on Spotify. You can find the show notes on the blog or anchor.fm slash barbarian rhetoric. If the podcast has been helpful to you, please let us know. You can do this by checking into the Apple Podcast app, give us five stars, and leaving us a short review. This will help us get our message out in front of many more people. You can also talk to us on social media and let us know what you are thinking about or how this has helped you. On Twitter, I am at Steel Jans. That's S T E E L J A N Z. 
And I'm also on Instagram at Barbarian Rhetoric. There's also a couple other things you need to check out. One is the Barbarian Rhetoric blog. And of course, our newsletter. There's a pop-up which you'll see as soon as you land on the blog. Thanks for listening. And always remember to be a barbarian in a civilized world. An apex predator.